James for about 10 weeks and looking at, at different parts of James and what, what James was communicating. And, and today we're going to start a series in the book of Psalms. We're going to call it Summer in the Psalms and we're going to spend the next 10 weeks about, and we don't always do series that are 10 weeks, but the way that things are working out, we're going to spend about 10 weeks and we're going to look at the whole book of Psalms in 10 weeks. I'm just kidding. That would be crazy. I said that to somebody the other day to see if they were really paying attention. They didn't say anything. And I realized they must have not really been paying attention, right? No, we're going to be looking at one psalm a week. One psalm a week. And what more appropriate psalm to start with when you're starting a series in the book of Psalms than Psalm chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, open to Psalm chapter 1. If you didn't bring your Bible, there should be a Bible in the pew in front of you. I encourage you to open it. Why do I encourage you to open your Bible? Well, I, I really want you to trust what I'm telling you, but here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you just to say, well, Tony said it. I want you to research and to study because what we find, what we're seeing, is there are many people who don't teach truth. And as believers, we have to be digging into the Word of God ourselves, chewing the Word of God, processing it, chewing on it again and again, meditating on it day and night as we're going to be looking at here in a minute to make sure, to make sure what's said is true. Also, there are times when you open your Bible and you're listening to a message and you might agree 100% with what's being said, yet the Holy Spirit shares something to you and your heart at that moment that maybe wasn't communicated in the message, but it stands out to you. Open your Bible with me this morning. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous." But the way of the wicked will perish. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word, for your truth. Father, may it be communicated clearly today. May it be heard clearly today. Father, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm chapter 1 is one of the first psalms that I memorized. But I memorized it in the King James International Version, if you know what I mean, right? Because you grow up learning a little bit in this version, a little bit in this version. And, and the other day, I, as I was working through studying this, I thought, you know, I wonder which translation I memorized it in. And I learned a little bit in King James, a little bit in New King James, and a little bit in NIV. And so I uh, have many years of, of that all together. But we're going to pull this apart verse by verse, line by line, as, as we do when we study the Word of God. Blessed, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. I, I like how the New Living Translation phrases this. Look real quick. Oh, the joys, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. The person, the one who is blessed here, we're talking about, is the one who has true joy, happiness, contentment in God. 
This person doesn't do three different things. But it's important to know. Let me say this. The commentator, writer, David Guzik, he writes the following. The Hebrew word esher is here translated blessed, which has the idea of happiness or contentment. Esher is a form of the Hebrew word ashar, which in its root means to be straight or to be right. The man right with God. The man who is content. The man who is happy. Doesn't do these three things. The first that is listed is this person does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. What does that mean? To walk in the counsel of the wicked. This individual is someone who chooses to take godly advice from godly people. They don't seek advice from wicked sources. See, we choose who to listen to. Who to take advice from. Who to allow to have uh, say in our lives. This individual, this man or woman, does not walk in the counsel of wicked people. The Bible says in Proverbs 12.5, The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are what? Deceitful. Deceitful. Yet we do know that we are to take counsel, right? See, if we try and do everything by ourselves, that's also not biblical. We are to seek wise counsel. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So what do we see in, in Psalm 1 is we're told, listen, the person who is right with God isn't taking advice from wicked people. Isn't taking advice from wicked people. The next thing that we're told is this person does not stand in the way of sinners. You have to be careful who you spend time with, right? Now, now, if you're a parent, I'm sure you've told your children, you need to really watch out who you're friends with. Maybe you can remember back to your mom or your dad saying that to you. Listen, at school, I don't want you hanging out with him. I don't want you hanging out with her. I know what they're involved in. I know what their parents stand for. And we're not going to allow that to happen. This person does not stand in the way of sinners. Proverbs 12, 26. The one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. This individual who's right with God is not someone who is standing in the way of sinners. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Can we all testify to that today? Have you ever spent time with people? that you probably shouldn't have been hanging out with at the time. And it impacted your life. I can. I can. 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. This person does not stand in the way of sinners. And the last one is, does not sit in the seat of scoffers. So you have these three things that are listed. The, the, the idea of, of sitting in the seat of scoffers is, is an interesting one, especially in today's day and age, right? I mean, <laughs> how much mocking and hatred exists online? It's crazy. It is crazy the way that, that people go after one another. But, but what is mocked above all else? Christianity. Jesus. Is mocked above all else. I truly believe that. TV shows, 
that try and, and, and make fun of him. This person who is right with God does not sit in the seat of scoffers. It was Charles Spurgeon who said, Be out and out for him. Unfurl your colors. Never hide them, but nail them to the mast. And say to all who ridicule the saints, If you have any ill words for the followers of Christ, pour them out on me. But know this, ye shall hear it whether you like it or not. I love Christ. The commentator William MacDonald, he says this about this, just this verse. He said, the happy man is a real friend to the ungodly, but he's not a partner with them. He's a real friend to the ungodly, but he's not a partner with them. See, there has to be a differentiation. There has to be something different between the, the way that we are trying to be in the world and impacting people's lives and making sure that we're not becoming of the world and falling into sin and to temptation. And we have to guard our hearts. We must be careful. We must be wise. And we're told in Psalm 1-1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And I think William MacDonald does a fantastic job in summarizing that the happy man is a real friend of the ungodly, but he's not a partner with them. And then we find out a little bit more about this individual. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. This person is focused on God and God's ways. This person who has contentment, who has happiness, is focused on God and on God's ways. First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. We must be deliberate about seeking God. Now you might say to me, you know, Tony, what do you mean? God, God's already here, right? I mean, sometimes we, we, we sing these songs, and, and we, we haven't recently, but there are certain songs that are out where it says, you know, come, come, Lord, come, Lord. Well, God's already here, right? If God truly is everywhere, then God's already here, and he absolutely is. Yet there are times in our lives, there are times in our lives where we choose not to seek after him and to seek other things, sinful things, things that are wrong. In 1 Chronicles, we're told to seek the Lord and his strength, to seek his presence continually. God is here. This individual thinks about God's word both day and night. Now, what, what other time is there but day and night? Nothing else. This person is meditating on God's word, processing God's word day and night. He chews on it. She chews on it. They process it as, as they continue to dig through the scriptures to understand. See, it's, the scripture is so clear that the battle that we fight here on this earth is a battle that's one of the mind. The enemy wants you to put your mind on other things, yet we're told to focus on what is true, what is right, what is holy, what is just. 2 Corinthians 10.5, I don't have it up there. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, we destroy arguments. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and this, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive. Think about that with me for a moment. How many thoughts run through your mind every single day? More than we can process, right? At least more than I can process. Yet we're told in the word of God to take every single thought captive to obey Christ. Every single thought. 
It's interesting, in, in, in modern culture, one of the things that's emphasized is, is trying to empty your mind, right? Trying to empty your mind. Now, some of you might be able to empty your mind easier than others. <laughs> Yet it is something that is, is truly emphasized as a form of meditation or, or other things like that. But this individual is meditating, but he's not emptying his mind. This individual is meditating on God's word, but she's not emptying her mind. This individual is focused on the word of God, studies the word of God, processes the word of God both day and night, all the time. As you go through your daily activities, no matter what area you are in in your life, as no matter what you go through, we are to constantly reflect on the word of God and his truth. One of the things about the scripture memorization that I love that we're doing is when you internalize scripture, when you memorize scripture, it's amazing how many times you're going through things in your life and a Bible verse just pops in your head that is, deals with that situation. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Do you think this meant that, that they sat there and, and, and were to do nothing else? No. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. True joy, true, true blessedness is found in God alone. This individual delights in the law of the Lord. He delights in God's word. And then we get a little more description of this person. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he prospers. You know, when I think of the book of Psalms, I picture a tree, a river, green grass, Freshly mowed, I don't know why, freshly mowed. And rest. Yet, when you read the Psalms, that's, that's some of them, right? <laughs> but when you read the Psalms, there's, there's despair and depression and anxiety and other things like that that, are, that we see included in them. And, and struggling to wait on God and, and waiting anxiously on God and, and feeling um, with, without hope in certain areas at certain times. Yet the psalmist always seems to point to God even when he calls on God. Here we get a picture of this individual, the one that is blessed, is happy, is content. This person is like a tree that's planted by streams of water. It yields its fruit in seasons. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. This person is one who thrives, who produces fruit. Now what kind of fruit is a Christian to produce? Is a follower of God to produce? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When the Spirit of God is active in someone's life, 
when that individual denies the flesh and walks in the spirit, this is what you see. It's the work of God in someone's life. Now something that's important to note here, and I want us to understand this, this last verse, and all that he does he prospers. At times people will take verses like this out of the Old Testament and they'll read it and they'll say, well, you know what? That means if I do this, 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 and this, I'm going to prosper. And my definition of prosper is that my bank account is going to whoop. And you know, I've been going to the doctor for this problem. And, and if I do this, you know, there's a good chance my knee pain is going to go away. That's not what we're reading here. It's not a prosperity gospel. This individual will bear fruit and succeed because of what he or she is focused on. This person is studying the word of God, internalizing the word of God, and they'll prosper in what God has for them to prosper in. I have a question for you today. Do you think the Apostle Paul prospered in his life? I would say absolutely. Yet the Apostle Paul would not match what many preach as a gospel, the prosperity gospel. In all that he does, he prospers. You're going to prosper in what God has for you in your life. For some people, it might be wealth. For some people, it might be in your, your area that you're involved in. For everyone, it is a little bit different. See, we look at blessing in the Old Testament. Well, I'm not, not going to get into that. We don't have time for that today. Verse 4. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. When the Bible talks about chaff, we, we, we see it, this idea that it, it has no use, Right? So we, we have this, this individual who is, who is the, the blessed individual, the happy individual, the content individual, who's walking with God, who's studying the word of God, and he's described as a tree. And the wicked person is described as something else, described as chaff. Now what value does chaff have? Look at the difference. The tree signifies life. The tree is rooted deep. The chaff signifies death. Is blown away with the wind. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation. There's going to come a day. There's going to come a day when those who have not given their lives to Jesus Christ, who have not repented from their sins, turned from their ways, judgment will come. These individuals will have no ground to stand on. Nothing to point to. Nothing to turn to. Then we get to the last verse. And we're going to spend a little bit of time here today. I know when you get to the last verse, maybe it feels like, oh, we're almost done. We're going to spend a little bit of time here today. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. One day the way of the wicked is going to be gone. 
right? We're going to look at this in two different, two different ideas here. One, one, one day the way of the wicked is going to be gone, right? We're going to be up in heaven. We're going to be celebrating. Life's going to be great. There is going to be no sin, no maliciousness, no deceit, no more evil. The way of the wicked will be gone. Evil will be vanquished once and for all. But yet we see something else here. We see that this word way is used twice. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Does it remind you of anything? Maybe something in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Let me read this one more time. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So my question to you today is which road are you on? When I read this, I'm reminded of how narrow the road truly is. We live in a, a country where there's churches down every street. Other parts of the world, <laughs> people meet in secret. Boldly to declare their faith and worship God with one another. And it's easy in this place to think that the road is broad, the road is wide. And that the gate is wide. Yet scripture teaches the exact opposite. It says that the road is narrow. When I think through that, I think of all the denominations that exist. I think of all the people that are sitting in churches who, who think to themselves for a moment, well, you know what, I'm doing a lot of good things. <laughs> I don't, I, man, I don't, hang out with, I don't hang out with those sinners. I don't make fun of people. And we're told here of two different people. There's the righteous person and the wicked person. There's the, the, the narrow road and the broad road. And, and let, me, let me tell you this today because Psalm 1 is not telling you that your eternal destination, that your eternal destination is based off of your good works here on this earth. That's not what's being told. See, because what you could do is you could read the Bible a million times. Come to church every single Sunday and never miss. Give more money than anyone else. You could serve in, in, in ways that are beyond understanding and different ministries here and there. And you could still end up eternally separated from God forever. You could live the best life that's ever possible and still end up in eternal damnation. Hell is going to be filled with people who thought they lived a good life. See, the broad road is filled with people who think they're doing good things. But do you know what separates the righteous from the wicked? What separates the righteous from the wicked? It's Christ. 
Jesus' atoning sacrifice on Calvary's cross, paying the penalty for your sin and for mine. That's what separates the roads. Without Christ, we would all be on the road to eternal damnation, but because of what he did, We have the opportunity to live with God forever. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. What road are you on today? See, our salvation is not based on how much good we can do. Instead, it's based on what Christ did on Calvary's cross, giving up his life for a ransom for many. So I'll ask you again, what road are you on today? The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 to 13, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never given your life to Christ, today needs to be that day. Don't wait. Ask a holy God to save you from your sins. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Believe that God raised him from your dead. Give your life to him. Repent of your wickedness and sinfulness and turn to a holy, merciful God who provided a way of redemption. See, it was Jesus who paid the penalty for my sin, for your sin. One of my favorite songs, favorite verses in all song is verse 3 of the song, It Is Well. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. Blessed is the man who can say this and mean it with all his heart. We have a lot of different psalms that we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks. Each psalm has a little bit of a different bend to it. Yet there's so much to learn from God's word. And we're going to walk it together, study it together, that God will be glorified. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for who you are, for your goodness. Father, we realize there are so many times in life that we fall short. Each day. I fall short every day. I thank you for the assurance that we can have in our salvation. We don't have to live life wondering what if. 
What if I'm good enough? What if I can do enough right things? It's not about what good I can do. It's about what Jesus did. Thank you for that. Thank you for saving me a sinner. Father, I pray today for the person who is on the wide road, the broad road, the person who is not walking with you, who has not given their life to you. May today be that day, gracious Father. We ask that you would do a work in their heart and that you would be glorified. Father, help us to live for you in all that we say and do. Help us to boast in you and you alone, that you would be glorified. May we never be ashamed of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray.